the psychology of fitness number 19 and 20. This is the wrap up and last two chapters where in the book, uh, oh, actually, so in the book, the psychology of money, these are the last two chapters and it will be the last two for this mini series of episodes that I've done on the psychology of fitness. I'm going to pat myself on the back, uh, just cause I need it. It feels like I haven't finished something of any length in a while. Uh, I've been trying to make YouTube shorts and that's very much like trying. It can take a while actually, but it is always pretty much like done start to finish within uh, the day, within a, an hour, uh, sometimes less, sometimes a little more, but this has been good. It's five episodes of this topic, the psychology of fitness. And it's also helped me in just keeping health kind of top of mind uh, throughout December. I'm recording this last one middle of December. So heading into kind of like the holiday week, but this will be published. I think it's January, like the first week of January, maybe second week of January. And hopefully I'll listen to this and it'll give me another boost of motivation. But in the book, The Psychology of Money, uh, chapter 19 is kind of a wrap up of it's called All Together Now. And then chapter 20 is uh, where Morgan Housel talks about what he does with his money. Chapter 19, All Together Now, what we've learned about the psychology of your own money. In this chapter, he goes and summarizes the rest of the book with kind of like practical takeaways for how you can apply this in your own life. And he says, Medicine is a complex profession and the interactions between physicians and patients are also complex. That That's a quote from uh, a book by Dr. Jay Katz. But he continues on and he says, you know what profession is the same? Financial advice. I can't tell you what to do with your money because I don't know you. I don't know what you want. I don't know when you want it. I don't know why you want it. So I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. And then he has a list of different things and I'm going to share some of these and then try to relate them to fitness. So he says, go out of your way to find humility when things are going right and forgiveness, compassion when they go wrong. That's the end of the quote. And how this applies in fitness is probably uh, to apply it to yourself and to find forgiveness when things go wrong. I think having an all or nothing mindset can lead to bad places where you slip up a little bit on January 8th and then that diet that you wanted to be on and the whole health focus you wanted to have in 2023 is thrown out the window. And then you, you just quit for the rest of the year until uh, the new year where you try to pick things up again. Uh, on the other hand, I think uh, the outward thing to do is uh, when things are going right to not look at everyone else and think that they're making bad decisions uh, with their own health. One of my pet peeves is, I, I don't know about pet peeves or anything, like I never see it happening in like real time or anything, but one of those grinds my gears things is the compilations of people using equipment wrong at the gym. Uh, I think going to the gym is already like a pretty intimidating thing if you've never been. Um, and maybe you don't know how to use the equipment, that sort of thing. Of course, some of the like more popular ones are like obviously ridiculous and someone is doing it for um, maybe attention or something. But when you're shaming people for them just not actually knowing what they're doing, they're doing their best. Um, I don't know that that bugs me um, to to try to make fun of that. So you know, find humility when things are going right. I don't know who's listening to this that's actually like doing that. That saying like, "Hey, don't do that" would uh, make sense for. Anyway, uh, I'll move on to the next thing. Uh, he says, "Less ego, more wealth," and this definitely applies in fitness. Where, um, yeah, the, getting I've talked a lot about like, oh yeah, getting a six pack. <laughs> there, there's the 
vanity in that. And then also like, um, if you're trying to hit big, big lifting numbers, but you're risking too much as far as health goes, if you're trying to do that at home in your garage gym without, uh, clips, without a spotter, maybe that's too much ego, uh, trying to hit a big number. Uh, so less ego, more health. Next thing he says is manage your money in a way that helps you sleep at night. I'll take the very literal on the nose thing here and say fitness wise, make sure you're doing things that help you literally sleep at night because it's one of the best things that you can do for recovery, no matter what your goal is, uh, fat loss or building muscle, good sleep will help, will help. Even if it's performance, good sleep will help. Um, and one of the big things that can help there is to have a nighttime routine. I've been reading this other book called Tranquility by Tuesday, which is great to read because I'm also reading David Goggins, uh, never finished. So those two books are kind of like at opposite ends in, in some ways and also like, uh, in tone, but kind of like, uh, very similar in like life, what you want with life goals and that sort of thing. But in Tranquility by Tuesday, uh, one of Laura Vanderkam's rules that she writes about is to have a bedtime. Uh, you're an adult, but having a bedtime is good because you'll get consistent sleep. Then, of course, there's Andrew Huberman, who has become wildly popular this year and is another person to look toward for learning about things you can do and uh, for good health and wellness. But his morning routine helps you, helps set you up for uh, feeling sleepy at night. And that is to wake up, uh, jump rope outside, get some sunlight. I think it's ideal if you do it shirtless is what I understand just for the sun exposure. And then um, don't have coffee right away. Wait for like 90 minutes or something like that. Um, and yeah, that's make, make sure you get a good sleep. Uh, then the next thing in psychology of money is actually there, there's a bunch here. So I, I don't think I'll just go line by line. But he says, uh, if you want to do better as an investor, the single most powerful thing you can do is increase your time horizon. And how that applies to fitness, of course, is having that longer term time horizon for different goals that, yes, a 12 week challenge is great. And you can have goal, probably like a two week challenge is too, too short. If you're going to try to lose 10 pounds in 10 days, it might be too short, but 12 week challenge is pretty good. 100 day challenge also is good. Um, where it's long enough to build consistency and long enough to, or short enough to stay exciting through the whole thing, but long enough to actually start to see results toward the end. Um, yeah, like 12 weeks, 100 days, whatever that is. But even beyond that, it does become a thing of, um, if you made it, uh, the goal to like in the one year, keep the 12 pounds off. That would be great also. And there is this idea that the longer it takes to lose it, the longer it would take to gain it back. Um, that if you're, that probably means that you're making reasonable long term decisions or decisions that you can continue to make over the long term and not just doing something super restrictive for a short window that won't be able to be something that you can maintain for a, a long time. Next up, here's one. He says, use money to gain control over your time and fitness wise, use money and put it towards health. I've start, I started to do that a while ago, like, uh, probably. Um, I wish I had the body to show for that. And, uh, but yeah, probably like five or like maybe, I don't think it's like quite 10 years ago, but maybe it was when Tools of Titans came out where Tim Ferriss wrote about how 
he decided to start prioritizing health. And that really meant prioritizing it, putting it number one for all his decisions that he would not stay out so late that it would take away from uh, having enough sleep. And so I started, yeah, it was, it was probably like uh, when I was in New York, probably just a way for me to justify like paying a lot for a nice gym. Uh, and I miss that gym. I used to go to Chelsea Piers and I still think it's probably like one of the best gyms in the world. May I, probably not. I'm sure that, you know, any college gym is uh, better, but uh, like a large college gym. But no, it's, it's great. It's I one of the best gyms in New York. I think that's a pretty fair statement. Loved going there. But yeah, it is worth it to spend your money on things that go toward better health. We did splurge on a Peloton. I think that is truly a splurge because I could probably get the same results with uh, a bike. But who knows? There's probably something here about, I don't know, something deeper like with mimetic desire and uh, the marketing working on me and they've painted this future for what I want. But I don't know. I just wanted to bike at home and it's one of the more popular options. I've been using it. So I've used it something like uh, four times a week since we've gotten it. So th- that is worth it so far in the first month. I'm sure it will start to decline. I'm sure the pattern is that people use it a lot the first month and then that slowly declines, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, still feels like a good purchase uh, along with the home gym. That was a big splurge when we moved into the house. So it's been worth it so far. I've never really regretted like paying money for fitness stuff or healthy food and have very much regretted paying for unhealthy food. Okay. Next quote, he says, save, just save. You don't need a specific reason to save. That's the end of the quote. And how this applies to health, fitness is probably move, just move. You don't need a specific reason to move. Find ways to walk around during the day, especially if you work at a desk, which I'm guessing a lot of listeners do. Build movement into your day. Find a way to take a walk. I've been bad lately about walking booster because the sun goes down too early. So usually I would go after work, but now it's dark. So I don't want to, it's dark and colder. So I don't want to do the walk, but I need to do that. So I'll take this as walk, just walk. You don't need a specific reason to walk, but I do have a specific reason. My dog that I love very much, um, that I get, and I, I get sad when I think of how short, uh, dogs live. So I'm going to move on to the next one before I start crying. Uh, he, he says, define the cost of success and be ready to pay it. That works almost directly with fitness is that you want to pick a goal that is achievable and that works with your values. What is the cost of the success that you want? And are you willing to pay it? I think I've proven that I, I think I can always pick a pretty reasonable, achievable goal. I've Probably not since I think freshman year of college, I had this really stupid goal of thinking that I could probably, I I think that was probably the last year that I thought, oh yeah, you can look like a men's health cover model uh, within a summer. And probably for years after that, I thought something like that was probably achievable within a year. But it does take something like uh, a couple of years to build that much muscle. And then I I don't even know if like uh, maybe a couple of years it's probably like good to have that sort of transformation. I'm sure a lot of people have done it. Uh, anyway, back to my point. It was that I can pick reasonable goals, but then I'm not ready to pay the cost, it seems. So hopefully in 2023, I'll say no to more of these terrible meals or at least to, you know, third and fourth plates. And I think I have started to this year, uh, really pay the cost 
for what it takes to uh, on at least like the weightlifting and cardio side of things that I've built that consistency and now just again need to dial it up with uh, the the nutrition side. And then uh, this will be the last one from chapter 19. He says, respect the mess. And how this applies to fitness is knowing that there is going to be a mess and that life rarely gets simpler and simpler. The common pattern seems to be that you just end up with a little more chaos and a lot less time. So I will respect the mess, know it's coming, and then try to work from there. And I think a way to do this is to have all of these backup plans. I have talked about this term back uh back pocket workouts that's something i learned from pat flynn and dan john where some days you just won't be able to get that one hour barbell workout in so that doesn't mean just wait until tomorrow it means that you can do something keep something in the back pocket maybe you can find 15 minutes and get some movement going in the day if only to keep the consistency and fitness is truly one of these things that is an infinite game it continues forever and you can't really put off the workout to the next day or the next week. It It is okay to miss it once in a while. It's not the end of the world. But you can't make it up in the future, especially like that idea of like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do this workout next week. And then you wait a week and skip like three workouts. And then you, you can't just do six the following week and have the same effect as if you had done the three this week and the three next week that you originally planned to do. And that's that for chapter 19. Next up, chapter 20 is confessions. He says, the psychology of my own money. And then it opens with this story. I'll read this quote. He says, Sandy Gotsman, a billionaire investor who founded the consulting group First Manhattan, is said to ask one question when interviewing candidates for his investment team. What do you own and why? Not what stocks do you think are cheap or what economy is about to have a recession? Just show me what you do with your own money. I love this question because it highlights what can often be a mile-wide gap between what makes sense, which is what people suggest you do, and what feels right to them, which is what they actually do. That's the end of the quote. And then he talks about his own approach to money and what he does, and then talks about what's important to him. And that's kind of the takeaway is to, in finance, figure out what's important to you and then figure out what plan works for that. And for him, the most important thing is independence. And that leads to some things that don't make sense on paper on the spreadsheet. The biggest example is that he's paid off his mortgage completely. And that is often this thing that doesn't make sense. Like on paper, on the spreadsheet, you should take a longer time to pay it off. And it may not make sense to pay it off entirely in one go um, in a few years rather than uh, over a few decades. And he explains this. So he says, we're so far committed to the independence cap- camp that we've done things that make little sense on paper. We own our mortgage, our house without a mortgage, which is the worst financial decision we've ever made, but the best money decision we've ever made. Mortgage interest rates were absurdly low when we bought our house. Any rational advisor would recommend taking advantage of cheap money and investing extra savings in higher return assets like stocks. But our goal isn't to be coldly rational, just psychologically Reasonable. The independent feeling I get from owning our house outright far exceeds the known financial gain I'd get from leveraging our assets with a cheap mortgage. Eliminating the monthly payment feels better than maximizing the long-term value of our assets. It makes me feel independent. That's the end of the quote. And how this applies to fitness is that it's going to be impossible to do things the most optimal way 
on paper, uh, on a spreadsheet to get your macros exactly dialed in to, even if you had the perfect workout plan to execute that um, in a time where life happens and there's just going to be things that uh, come up. There's going to be friends that you want to hang out with and social events. And yes, you can skip some things here and there as far as making bad food decisions. But is that really like the life that you want to live where you are treating yourself like a bodybuilder heading into, you know, the heading into the competition and for what, like what values do you have there? The getting the eight pack is a ton of effort. There's probably a lot of value in temperance and discipline, but is that worth the cost uh, to be at that extreme? And so there is this balance, uh, going back to Morgan Housel's idea with finance of prioritizing for independence. And this is where it's a push and pull because there is this idea that you don't want to be so restricted with your diet that you can't have a cookie at the, at Thanksgiving or something like that. But then there's the long-term independence of your health and being able to move freely well into old age is a good thing. And there's always that idea of the, the goal to play with your kids, play with your grandkids. I follow Dan John. He is a strength coach and he repeats this goal over and over, like, um, on his podcast about he always wanted to be able to do the first dance at his daughter's wedding. And that's a really good goal. That's a really good value, I would say. And then figuring out the balance there of, um, you can probably accomplish that and still eat dessert at Thanksgiving meals. You can't accomplish that if you completely neglect your health, uh, over the long haul. So it comes back to the whole seven habits thing. Uh, start at the end and then work your way backwards. What do you want long term? And what does that mean for your decisions short term? What, what does that mean for today and for next week and for planning the month and years ahead? One last thing he does give general guidance and his summary for most people is uh, dollar cost averaging into a low cost index fund. Spoiler alert. That's what you'll read in a lot of different books. And that is an approach a lot of people have taken with fitness. That sort of approach would probably be eat more vegetables, get enough protein and find ways to move every day. Thanks for listening. Thanks. If you listen to all of these episodes, thanks a lot. I'll figure out the next topic soon. But in the meantime, eat some broccoli and do some push ups.